This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. He's accused of luring people to his house where he takes photographs or paying adult entertainers to entrap people into performing acts and then capturing these acts on a hidden camera. It's another episode of On the Edge with Andrew Golds. And today I'm honoured to have Professor Tim Wilson, an animator and university academic who describes himself as a cross between Santa and Mrs Doubtfire. He really looks like Robin Williams, uh, if you happen to see the YouTube version and see the video. He started out as a monk. He left that calling for Oxford University, took a job teaching in Greece, took a second job herding a hundred goats. He got into politics. He was part of UKIP. He doesn't like to talk about that, I don't think, because he left that and then that, that was the UK independence party. Uh, but he actually wanted to remain in Europe in the end. And then he went to teach theology and philosophy in, in Moscow. So we're talking today about deceit in the media. We'll be talking about Dan Wooten and Philip Schofield and Hugh Edwards. Obviously, Professor Tim's been in and around the media and TV for some time, and he has some really interesting opinions. And he also talks at the beginning, the first 20 minutes or so, about his time on The Circle and what it is that they do to contestants that is so heinous and so uh, complicated and difficult that he didn't even realise um, how manipulated he felt until after he left. And then we sort of have a, a it's a bit like a classic on the edge episode from back in the day actually because we have a bit of a flip-flopping conversation talking about everything from exorcism to atheism. So I hope you guys enjoy this and please do go check out Professor Tim Wilson on YouTube and do come sign up to my new kind of bonusy thing, andrewgold.locals.com. And that's where you can get uh, updates. I do something like three, uh, what is it? Three things I've learned this week. I put up all the, the video versions of this, ones that I can't put on YouTube because of censorship and all those kinds of things. Lots of big episodes coming up. But now you're on the edge of reality TV and television scandals with Professor Tim Wilson. Professor Tim Wilson, you went on a reality show called The Circle, and we're going to talk about that as well, because you wanted to expose deceit on social media and so on. Tell me more about your feelings about deceit in general and in this business. I, I, I think the idea that I wanted to expose deceit on social media is a bit disingenuous in itself. That's what I was told I was doing. Um, <laughs> and I, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, all, I'm always keen to expose deceit, or at least identify deceit. I quite like deceit. I mean, we, we couldn't be novelists or writers without deceit. Uh, Jane Austen was basically a very good liar. Um, <laughs> but, you know, and so was Charles Dickens. Charles Dickens did it. I, I think Charles Dickens had 2,000 characters. 
lying their heads off. It wasn't him, was it? It was somebody else, my lord. Uh, you know, the, the, the whole point is lying, lying is interesting. We, we want to know who is lying and who is not lying. And the problem is when somebody is lying and we don't realise it. So from that point of view, yes, I'd love to expose deceit, but it wasn't why I went on the programme. I went on the programme because it was a wet day in Cambridge. I'd been teaching. They telephoned me out of the blue and said, would you like to do this thing? And I thought, well, you know what it's like on a wet day in Cambridge, probably. Uh, you, you, you would say anything to get out of a wet day in Cambridge, and I didn't have an umbrella. I said yes. <laughs> and do you, how do you feel about that decision now? Oh, well, I, in, in one sense, I regret it because I didn't know what I was getting myself into. And it was such a quick process between the telephone call, the headhunting, and the point where I was actually on the show. I mean, it, it was a matter of weeks, uh, probably two weeks, maybe three at the very most. And I was sworn to secrecy. I wasn't supposed to talk to anybody, even my family. I didn't get a contract until about a day or so before the actual show went up. Wow. So I had nobody to talk to. And I hadn't watched reality TV. I wasn't even uh, a, a, a fan of... I hadn't watched Strictly Come Dancing. In our house, we watched Turkish television. And most of that I don't understand. So I go off and in, into my utility room and sort of buckle down with my computer and do some animation by oh. hand. <laughs> so I, 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 I get my computer to do the drawing. I, I, I draw on a, on a Wacom, um, which, which is wonderful. So I can draw with a pen and it just comes out on the computer. It's very... It seems quite Luddite, really. But and I prefer to do that than watch TV. Yeah, it's, it seems quite euphemistic. It sounds very um, euphemistic, this sort of whack-on that you're letting the pen come out on the computer and do whatever. <laughs> yeah, well, it's... A, yeah, I, it's, I, I'm constantly working with computer programs, but I don't think I really understand them. Mm. But, mm. Um, but, but I'd rather do that than watch reality TV. I cannot think of anything... You know, reality TV just takes up the time. Of course, everyone should watch my my my, my performance in Channel 4's uh, uh, The Circle because it's it, it's fascinating. I think, even having been on it, I thought it was fascinating. I mean, I, I I I haven't watched much of it, frankly. That's why I'm promoting it. There we are, you see. But I enjoyed the show. We should there'll be a lot of non-Brits watching. So, can you explain what in lay terms what what it is? What is this The Circle? Well, it's a program which I think is sort of sub. Big Brother. Now, incidentally, now that I've been on the show, I've watched a lot of reality TV, and I now consider myself to be something of an authority about reality <laughs> TV. But I don't watch it for pleasure. So I speak to various academics. I was speaking to a lady called Bev Skeggs, who I think is up, uh, Professor Bev Skeggs, who was up in Leeds, and she's a um, she's a what was it? Reality TV authority. And yeah. she said she kept she kept punctuating the set of the conversation by saying that she really enjoys watching it. I mean, I thought, why would anyone enjoy watching this? It's all repetitive. It's all much the same and it attracts the same sort of people. But um, oh, sorry, I forgot your question. Yeah, I forgot. Oh, what is the circle? The circle. Uh, do, do you know, I, I often get people coming up to me. Uh, so every so often you go to these funny meetings and this old man hobbles over and says, and gives you a funny handshake. He says, are you on the square? And I say, no, I was on the circle. No, the circle is it's like Big Brother, except that instead of getting a band of people all together in, in, in a house, you, you, you trap them in individual rooms and then your editor, your producer can edit their conversation together. So there's so much more control there. And in the room, the only way of interfacing with the real world or with the world that the audience is going to see is through a television screen, which is like a sort of prototype social media. 
So that so that leads to catfishing. And they said, oh, have you ever been catfished? I, I didn't know what they were talking about. I thought a catfish was a large, a la- large aquatic animal that, um, that, that sometimes heaved itself out of the water yeah. and was slightly terrifying. No, a catfish could be you or me. But what does this mean? So there's people in different rooms then? Because I haven't seen it. People in different rooms, people in different rooms occasionally pretending to be somebody who they are not. Why? I, I, I don't know. I mean, because I think that's what happens in real life on social media. You have a conversation with someone who claims to be Andrew Gold, and it's not. It's not. It does happen. It's not. It does it really. Yeah, the people get in the comments in the YouTube, and people they give their number, and they, it looks like me, and it says call this number, and so. So if anyone is watching this, who because I get messages from people going, I clicked it, and you haven't messaged me. And I said no, please don't click those things. I would never ask you to text or any of those things. So you're in. How do you win the reality show? If what's the idea? Well, this again is the point. So rea- reality TV. Uh, the, the, the MacGuffin of reality TV, and from a Hitchcock point of view, would be a contest. Hmm. And so, and so, there's two contests involved here. One is the contest to, to 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 be the most popular person among the group of sixteen participants, yeah. who we never meet. And the other one, who, who, of course, the audience think we have this intense relationship with. I don't have an intense relationship with these people because I never met them. I spent a month talking to the television and my cat and runners Just on your and own. producers coming. Around. I have never had so many people in my house. The, yeah. the house was constantly being, people were constantly coming in, stocking the fridge, taking me upstairs, blindfolding me, putting sort of. Um, but what about for the Leia. game? Well, the game, it was all through the, te- the game was all through the television. No, I, I loved being taken on a walk upstairs to the garden because I had somebody controlling me. I said, please control me again. It, it's so reassuring to have somebody's hands firmly on your shoulders and be guided down corridor after corridor and up and down lifts. You don't know where you are. Well, this all sounds lovely. You told me the other day that it was a bit of a traumatic uh, affair in some sense. Oh, it was very traumatic. It was very traumatic, but not while it was on. Uh, what happened? So the so the actual show itself was fine. I'd, I'd be very happy to do that sort of thing again. And I loved the techniques and the the filming and the fun of all that. But uh, and, and 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 the fact that you know you're working terribly, terribly hard, um, and you know you're doing. I, I would have thought we were doing well over eight hour days, probably twelve to um, and beyond. And uh, and one person had a had a clock by chance. And she identified that we were, in fact, working at one point at about 3.30 in the morning. But we wow. had no sense of time, and that's part of the problem. So what happened afterwards was that, sen- that, that manipulation, which I embraced quite freely. I was quite, perhaps I was quite naive about it, but having been a monk, having been a goat herder, having lived on my own, I, I, you know, I'm quite happy with my own company. And I'm quite happy with sort of deprivation of things like I, I don't I don't wear a watch. Um, I'm very happy not to have this thing around me, yeah. and, uh, and and I'm very happy to have silence. I had far less silence and far less um, loneliness than I expected. Uh, and in, in fact, I only managed to get through I think one novel. I was I was allowed a not I was allowed a Dickens novel. I took the biggest one I could find. Yeah. Um, What's that? Great I expectations. Think, no, I think it was Little Dorrit. 
Sounds little sounds dorrit. very boring to me, but maybe to other people not. Yeah, it, my, believe me, believe me. If you want to pick up Little Dorrit, uh, so cut out the first third because it's a <laughs> real oh god, it's a yeah. Song. Skip the second third and then don't bother <laughs> go, with the third. Go third. to the exciting bit at the end. It's, I mean, that, that, that's my recommendation for reading a book anyway. Just go to the last yeah, third, last page. Um, but 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 yes, once I came off, it was as if the production and their delegates could not stop controlling. Oh. Okay, so this is the side of reality TV we don't see, the after bit. The after bit. And what, and what you're told and, and what's sort of been agreed with the media is that the after bit is all about fame and the loss of fame and you can't deal with social media. Oh, you know, so, so vulnerable. Well, yeah, you are vulnerable uh, because you've been through this very intense experience. And I'll go back into that in a second because it's got a name. And, but, but you've lost agency. And that loss of agency, I, I, was, I was held for a month, effectively in isolation. Not quite, but effectively in isolation. And uh, I, I'll deal with this issue now. It's a thing called R21 technique. And when, when, when people were accused of torturing in Abu Ghraib, there was a wag in, I think, the, the, the Guardian who said, oh, well, that, that looks like R21 technique. Um, and R21 technique was something that, um, if you look on the internet, you'll see that it was, it was originally developed by Israel and by the British and the Americans to, um, to, to teach soldiers how to withstand interrogation, extreme interrogation. And it was done for a short period of time, probably at the very most 72 hours, and it was done with a lot of control, though in Australia there, 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 there was a court case about somebody who said there wasn't very much psychological support and it, it, it's left him with um, uh, PTSD and comorbid depression, I think. But, but, but for the most part, it's done with a lot of control and for very short bursts of time. Now, the, the problem is that, um, f first of all, that's not entirely true. So I think that the first time this I, uh, this uh, anti-interrogation technique was was applied was by Russia um, in uh, during the Soviet Union by Spetsnaz, and uh, and it was highly developed. And so sort of two thousand, three thousand soldiers were put through that scheme, and it's exactly the same scheme that we're using today. And that scheme is about depriving depriving you incrementally of the things that, that, that you accept as part of your life. So depriving you of time, depriving you of heat, of your agency, your, your decision to, to, have, um, to have dinner, to eat, your decision to go to the loo. So, 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 so you're, you're, you're forced into a position where you're constantly asking permission to do things or being granted permission to do things or being told to do things. Uh, then the next stage uh, is you, you are surrounded by images which are uh, which unsettle you. You see those in Big Brother. You just think, oh, BBC set design or Channel Four set design. No, it's it, it goes back to John Graham Carr or Norman Wilkinson. There's some big debate about. Do you do, do you know about dazzle camouflage? The stuff in the in, in the First World War, which, which was painted on ships with zagged, uh, these jagged um, designs. It's so exciting. In fact, uh, and that in turn, there was, a, there was a book or an article written by a, a fellow called Gerard Taylor um, in America. And um, President, uh, who's, the fellow, who's the fellow who shot, who shot the teddy bear? 
um, President Roosevelt right. uh, questioned it uh, because he was a big game man. And one of the one of the ideas in the book was that every animal has its own camouflage technique that is pertinent to its environment, uh, and particularly zebra. Um, and 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 then it's taken on from there. Now, because that book came out in about 1907 or 1908, the Cubist movement came out at about the same time. So Picasso and Braque would would, would challenge. The, um, the the various war ministers say we we invented dazzle camouflage first, but 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 that's it's basically cubism meets the first world war, and and it was all over the ships, certainly the British fleet, and it was quite effective. And these are what they've sort of done with the the sets on of reality TV and things. The sets of reality TV, just look at them. They are just designed to... You, yeah. you, you think there's too many colours, there are too many strange shapes. But you, you just look at my, at my, at my daily costume. I, 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 I'm, I, I'm enslaved to colour and strange shapes. And yeah. so that doesn't, that doesn't bother me, but it bothered other people. The, 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 the heat, well, I've lived, I, I've lived in Greece during heat waves. That didn't bother me hugely. And, uh, and, and they kept saying, oh, we have to, we have to contact your partner and, uh, and, and get you some some more appropriate clothing, i.e. take all your clothes off. Well, I wasn't going to do that. I was there for a job. I was going to continue wearing what I would wear, and I did. And if it got hotter and hotter, and I thought, damn it, I'm wearing my bow tie come hell or high water. At one point, they wanted me in a swimming pool. I still wore my bow tie. Hmm. Um, and you know, it worked. I didn't mind all that sort of bullying, but it was part of this thing. And then you've got the degradation, the time disorientation, the um, sleep deprivation. Right. So we didn't know what time of day it was. We were working in the middle of the night. We were working in the, uh, into the early hours of the morning. Food control, mental exhaustion. We were exhausted hmm. with things which we didn't understand. Why are we doing another take? Why? Because it's all about control. Yeah. And in the end, you become utterly compliant and you believe what you're told. So at one point, I was, um, I, I, I was constantly in a position where I'd been voted, you know, the, 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 the group's favourite. And I had to then take the decision about who to remove from the uh. group each day. So that, that would normally be the, 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 the kiss of death in a, in a game show, I think. Somehow I survived and I was literally at that job almost every time it happened. So I think it, I, I, I was playing that job about 10 or 12 times in the show. Hmm. But I got the impression you quite enjoyed, you said you, got, you enjoyed while you were doing it, and it was after. Yeah, I, 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 I enjoyed it. But what I'm saying is that although I enjoyed it, and although I was quite happy with it, and although I was, I, I was played around with, I was controlled during the show, and I was quite happy about that. I thought, ah, oh, this is just direction. I'm taking direction like a good performer. But it continued afterwards because... You know, I, I had no idea what effect this had had on me. And I, I, I remember I was at King's Cross shortly after the show had aired. And somebody came up to me and, and asked me for, for my telephone number and I gave it to her. And somebody who was with me said, did you just give that prostitute your telephone number? And I said, yes. And I didn't think anything of it. I mean, you know, she asked me for my telephone number. I gave it. I said, don't you know what you've just done? You're a liability. Well, yeah, I've just been in a, I've just been in a show where my, where my agency has been removed and I'm utterly compliant. You ask me something, I will give you an answer. And, I, you know, 
this is the point. Our, our life is predicated on a certain amount of social deceit, and I had none by the time I came out of this show. I was quite raw, and I was then very easily manipulated by the um, by the show and the people who they delegated. Now, whether they wanted to manipulate me, or whether they just thought, you know, uh, the name Wilson comes up and the producer's eyes probably roll. And, oh, my God, he was difficult. I, I wasn't difficult. They just asked me direct questions. What would you like to do now? Well, I'd like to do pantomime. And I'd like to write a book about reality TV. And all of that was sort of nodded through until, you know, I was, I, 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 I was in front of an interview with an agent. They said, would you like to write a book? Yes, I would. I'd like to write a book about reality TV. Oh, I don't think the studio would approve of that. But you know about this. <laughs> yeah, bloody hell. And, and, and I just thought, I don't. I don't understand this level of manipulation. Now, in addition, I had I, I'd been doing um, I'd been doing a lot of artwork for TV shows. I'd been doing titles and you know the the um, the, the artwork which, which which pops up when a TV documentary doesn't doesn't have artwork. That was me, and I loved doing it. And I I, I had a job lined up, and you you know about the BBC, don't you? You know, you know yes. how cheap the BBC can sometimes be. Maybe we can't say this on air. But they don't uh, the, listen. BB they the BBC can, the BBC can be incredibly parsimonious and one of the things that it seems to do at the moment in order to cut corners is it doesn't actually produce contracts it loves an NDA but not a contract so so when i came out of this show suddenly the, uh, i i'd already done i think two or three series and uh, and they wanted me to do another two back to back and they were offering a reasonable am amount of money, but uh, but then they suddenly wanted me to have a contract because I was sort of famous and uh, and unpredictable maybe, and and I was very happy to have a contract. I've always wanted a contract, but under my under the contract with the uh, reality TV people, I had to give them details of any contract I was going to sign, and it it all stopped. It all stopped within a day. And I don't know why, because I, I was only too happy to do it all. Hmm. That does. Ha I mean, that is a kind of story I've heard. I mean, it's happened to me, that kind of thing. They just don't care. They don't care. And we're, we're just, you know, pawns. Well, yeah, but they then they replaced me with they replaced me with a really second rate computer program, which made all, all the work I'd been doing up till then look really rather useless. Um, <sighs> I mean, the TV, the, the, the computer program was useless. I was good. <laughs> and the, yeah. but it cheap it cheapened my my product really yeah yeah and and it, and it's taken until until a, a month or so ago to to actually do any more of that work and um, not not for the BBC but uh, uh, so so I I was without work for a huge amount of time and because um, because they persuaded my partner to go on on screen and so outed me publicly I it was almost impossible and I got advice from from people in the government not to go back to my university in Moscow because uh, because of anti-gay legislation there. And I, w I, I, I would have been a walking icon oh my God. of promoting unnatural uh, lifestyles. And I could, I, I, could have been a I could have been arrested on the spot. And given the fact that I also had friendships in Russia that are now on the wrong side of the fence or actually in jail, uh, and quite high-ranking friendships, I think they would have looked for any opportunity to put me in prison. So, I, I yeah, I lost my job, effectively. Or at least I oh just didn't God. go back. And I was yeah. sorry not to go back. I enjoyed I enjoyed my time in Russia. I, uh, I, I continued um, looking after people's, 
people's theses. I, I, in fact, I think I finished, um, I, I finished supervising my last thesis about a week ago. Right. All for right. nothing, for nothing. But then they didn't pay me much in the first place. So. I suppose, I mean, some people could say, you know, what, what do you want to live in a country that doesn't accept you for who you are anyway? Uh, yes, but that, that's just the country. There's plenty of perfectly, perfectly sure. good and lovely people in Russia. Uh, and, they, yeah. and they still exist. And, you know, I've, 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 I've bent over backwards to help people, you know, find their way to Armenia or Azerbaijan or wherever or Turkey to get out of Russia. Uh, but that, that, that was something I was always doing. I was always sort of trying to um, interpose myself between, between particularly uh, uh, young people who are who are about to be called up into the military they're either in the university or they're or, or they're in the in the army and if i can keep them in the university then they're safe hmm. and, I, and i did that a few times and i was quite i was quite proud wow of doing that yeah i bet um, and, and 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 certainly since since the invasion of ukraine on, on a number of occasions i've taken ukrainian students on for nothing to to try and help them get to the uk to come to uk schools or universities to get out of that zone and I, I think that's my duty as well. And um, have, having been in that world, I understand it. I understand it. And, I, and, and I've met many of the bigwigs, and, uh, and that's terrifying. But, yeah. Um... Hey, it's Andrew. If you're enjoying Heretics, there's another podcast I want to recommend to you, especially if climate change, global conflicts, and an upcoming election are making you feel like we're on the brink of disaster. What Could Go Right is hosted by Progress Network founder Zachary Carabell and executive director Emma Varvalukas. On What Could Go Right, the hosts sit down with expert guests to discuss the world's most pressing issues without resorting to pessimism or despair that we hear so often. Instead, they look back at how far society has come and look forward at what it will take to achieve an even brighter future. Is progress on the way? They may not have all the answers, but on What Could Go Right, they're asking the key questions. Tune in to hear interviews with upcoming guests like writer Coleman Hughes, CNN host Fareed Zakaria, and economist Alison Schrager. If you're looking for a weekly dose of optimistic ideas from smart people, join them every Wednesday on What Could Go Right, available wherever you get your podcasts. A few decades ago, private citizens used to be largely that, private. What's changed? The internet. Think about everything you've browsed, searched for, watched or tweeted. Now imagine all of that data being crawled through, collected and aggregated by third parties into a permanent public record. Your record. Having your private life exposed for others to see was once something only celebrities worried about. But in an era where everyone is online, everyone is a public figure. To keep my data private when I go online, I turn to ExpressVPN. Did you know there are hundreds of data brokers out there whose sole business is to buy and sell your data? The worst part is they don't have to tell you who they're selling it to or get your consent. One of these data points is your IP address. Data harvesters use your IP to uniquely identify you and your location. But with ExpressVPN, my connection gets rerouted through an encrypted server and my IP address is masked. Every time I turn ExpressVPN on, I'm given a random 
IP address shared by other ExpressVPN customers. That makes it more difficult for third parties to identify me and harvest my data. And the best part is how easy ExpressVPN is to use. No matter what device you're on, phone, laptop or smart TV, all you have to do is tap one button to get protected. So if, like me, you believe that your data is your business, secure yourself with the number one rated VPN on the market. Visit expressvpn.com slash heretics and get three extra months for free. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash heretics. Go to expressvpn dot com slash heretics to learn more. Sticking with the TV stuff, I mean, you were left out in the cold by the BBC, it seems. And then meanwhile, there's a lot of big, big names out there who are just doing all sorts of horrible things. Um, yep. I'm thinking of all of the recent scandals. Uh, Dan Wooden's still still working. Do you know much about that whole case? Well, I think I, I, I think it's a flip side of the reality TV issue. It's all it's still all about control. It's not about talent. I mean, you can't possibly claim Dan Wooten is talented. Um, <laughs> but I, I, it's like it's like it's, you switch him on. It's like listening to a weasel having uh, sort of str- struggling with piles. And um, sorry, that's a bit too that. It's a bit too um too too graphic, isn't it? Even for Dan Wharton. No, I mean he. What w- what I must say is, since the scandal has erupted, I am simply gobsmacked at at, at his chutzpah, at, yeah. at, at the ability that he has just simply to go on night after night and 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 preen with his piles as if nothing has <laughs> happened. You know, it's just it, it will go in a while. Ex lax. Exlax, that's that's what he needs. (laughs) Or maybe that's what he provides. I presume that's the drug for piles. I, I presume it is. I don't really know. And having 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 gone through cancer surgery for bowel cancer. Um, I've, I, I, I do have quite a good supply of X-Lax if you need some. <laughs> I'll let Dan know. I mean, I, my yeah. first job was at The Sun. He was there. And there were always rumours going around about this and that. And a lot of the women there did feel they were being passed over for jobs for sort of young, handsome men so who were getting the this jobs. Was, this was in the days after Richard Wallace, wasn't it? I don't know. I was, tw- well, let's see, I'm, what am I now? 34, I was 22. So it was about 12 years ago. Right, right, right. Yeah, well, you know, but 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 that but that is part of you, you see, I go back to this thing. I think it's all about control. It's not so much about talent. You 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 learn talent. I mean, Dan Wooten is an incredibly accomplished broadcaster. Um he's not as accomplished, I suspect, because he's not put in as much time as Philip Schofield, but it's about the time you put in and the ease you've got in front of the microphone and the television camera. And he is so comfortable. I mean, you compare him to Nadine Dorries. It's yeah. chalk and cheese, isn't it? I mean, she can barely. So that is the talent, then, isn't it? We should be kind in that set. We, we should be, even if we don't like someone, he's clearly quite a talented presenter in that it's case. A, yeah, it's acquired talent. It's something you acquire simply by doing it. And I think the more you do it, the more you acquire. And uh, and and actually, you know, Nadine Doris has got better at it. I look at her first attempt when 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 she, when, when she was stumbling over the auto cue and being absurd. Uh, and now she can just about get through it. But but the BBC, uh, no, the um, uh, t- uh, talk TV people have cut down her bits. <laughs> so so she doesn't have to manage more than a sentence at a time. Yeah. But, you know, looking at her resignation letter, I think that's probably about as much as she can manage coherently. <laughs> but, so, but, but no, Dan, 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 Dan Wooten, I think it's... Uh, I, I come back again to control and to some very, very strange manipulative behavior or allegedly manipulative behavior and 
I, uh, I, what I find so extraordinary is Byline Times have been uh, banging their head against this one and doing some excellent research. They, they, they don't have all the, all the machinery of, for example, the sun to, 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 to legal it up. But they've, but they've done terribly well. And yet Dan Wooten is shrugging it off. He's been, he's been suspended by the mail but uh, GB News seemed to be quite happy keeping him on. But, I mean, who would they replace him with? Nadine Doris is taken. Um, I, I don't... I, do. <laughs> <laughs> I could do it. <laughs> you would be such a pleasure. You would be such a pleasure. I, I, I would switch you on. Yes. Fine. Everything you say is euphemistic, isn't it, uh, Professor Tim? Um, <laughs> uh, euphemistic? I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think it's euphemism. I just think it's pure filth, isn't it? Um, yes. People would, a lot of people would like to switch me on. But I, no, no, if, well, I, 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 I've been in panto. It just comes out naturally. The innuendo, I think, is what we're, is what we're referencing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Sorry, it just it just happens, and sometimes sometimes even I don't realise I'm doing it. it just <laughs> I'm all, I'm always nature. I've got I've, ears are pricked for it, which is another one, of course. But I mean, <laughs> That's another so, one, yeah. <laughs> so have you been about? I mean, you've had an extensive career now in in everything, basically, and just with your life experience. Do you do you know much about narcissists and psychopaths and things? I'm, and the reason I ask is because Dan Wooten, I, I only realise this now. I was 22. He could only have been about 28. And he was like the head honcho. How does someone yeah. who's not, not even born here, not even born in this country, not even born here, comes from New Zealand, pops over it, and suddenly he's like the head honcho of the biggest selling I, English language newspaper in the world? I find it extraordinary. But, you know, you, you come back to this thing about control, and he is as controlled as he is controlling. And I think underneath it all, there's quite a winsome, rather charming boy. And... Uh, you know, I, I'd be I'd be very happy to have Dan Wooten round for tea. I don't think he'd like me, mm. but you um, said he was a weasel with piles. I've no many weasels with piles. I've got the medicine. I I I, I just dispense it. I would become like some sort of some sort of private pharmacy. Um, no, you know, I, I I we 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 don't just talk to people who we like. We talk to anybody. Otherwise, we become an echo chamber. Otherwise, we become YouTube. It's 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 it's. You know, we, we, we have to have a variety of guests and friends. And uh, I, I think Dan Wooten, would, Dan Wooten or Dan Wooten, I, I don't know how, you, you must know how to pronounce his name. I, no, uh, people, had a go, people shouted at me in the, in the comments, so I don't know. I was saying Wooten and people said, yeah. you don't even know how to pronounce his name. So now I'm saying Wooten. Yeah, the, I, 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 I was converted from Wooten to Wooten. I, oh. I, I, think, I think we just come back to the problem. He's got problems with his ba- vowels. Sorry. <laughs> 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 we should what, what, so to do what he did though it is pretty mad because like i think the philip schofield and hugh edwards things right and if i know a lot of non-brits watch this hugh edwards is a, is a welsh news anchor who um it was found that he was having some sort of affair on cheating on his wife with 17 year olds who he was meeting online we don't know if they mm-hmm. were boys or girls no one knows about that yet philip schofield had met a boy when and he also had a wife at the time but met a boy who was 13 or 14 but he says 15 or 16 who you know nothing happened apparently till okay that was one of those now this dan wooten thing to me and i don't want you i want to know what you think as well is a whole different ballpark because this is yeah. like premeditated weird stuff we should explain you should explain in your answer well, I, I, what, I, what he's I, accused I, of doing he's accused I, I think the biggest problem is that he's accused of luring people to his house where he takes photographs or of paying people paying uh, adult entertainers to entrap people who are straight nominally straight 
into performing acts and then capturing these acts on a hidden camera, allegedly. I haven't, I haven't seen any of this film, so, so I, I, I don't know what it's like. Um, and, but, but if any of that is true, it's, I, I think that's a much more serious issue, uh, actually, than the, than the other issues. Um, and, uh, and, and as for Hugh Edwards, uh, he, he sort of pleaded insanity. Yes. And, uh, and, and that's a, you know, that, that, that's quite a good, that's, that's quite a good plea, I suppose, really. You can't, you can't challenge that. Um, particularly not in, in, in these days when we, when, when, when we want to ooze support for mental health, which we do. Which we do. And, but he, and he did have a history of it as well. It didn't come from nowhere in his well, defence. So, so, so we're told. We didn't know about this beforehand. But, I, you know, fine. But, but I, I would like to ooze support for the victims. Yeah. And, well, that's it. Uh, and, and I would like to know that the BBC is doing something actively to help the victims or, or ITV. Yeah, right. You know, but but I, I, don't, I don't see the fellow who was involved, so em, embroiled in the Philip Schofield saga getting advancement. I don't see the person who is unnamed who was involved in um, receiving photography from Hugh Edwards getting some sort of support. But maybe this is all happening secretly, in which case, great, I suppose, you know, so the, San, the Santa approach. It could be, but they'd never miss a chance... They wouldn't miss a chance for the PR, would they? So it's hard to imagine. But it, that could be... I, the thing with the Hugh Edwards, I, I'm a very sort of centristy person, and I tend to follow a lot of centristy people online, like Jonathan Pye. I don't know if you see him. He's mm -hmm. sort of a, a fake character, and he shouts at the screen. And I found I disagreed with a lot of them, because a lot of the centristy people were saying what Hugh Edwards did. So that, again, for anyone who doesn't know, that's the BBC anchor. He's in his 60s, and he was... It wasn't just this one victim or who was 17 yes. years old. There were several. Some were 18, and that's when it's like, okay, it's legal... I, and it's a very blurred line. I understand all that you stuff. See, I, 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 I go down a different route, but can continue. Okay. Well, just all I'd say is I thought it was pr it was pretty bad. Not the worst thing in the world, not pr pr deserving of prison or anything like that, but it was really bad. And a lot of sort of quite centristy people were going, oh, it's his private life. Leave him, you know, oh, I can't even fart at home without someone, you know, that kind of thing. And I, d I actually think, no, if, if it was your kid who's 17 at school and you've got a famous news presenter sending pictures in his pants or naked and all that... I'd be livid. Yes, absolutely. I, I, I don't think it's about um, a, a legal issue at all. I, 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 don't think, I don't think any of these issues are about a legal issue. I think it's about reputation. And, uh, and when you switch on the telly, you, 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 you bring somebody into your room. And if that person is uh, presenting the news, that's about reliability. If that person is sitting on a sofa and pretending to be great buddies with the person they're sitting next to, you know, this is like a sort of nuclear family we're presenting, then again, we trust these people. And I think that, I think that huge salary that they command comes with a demand that they look after their private life to make sure we can trust them. Uh, if, they were, if, they were in, if they were in Hollywood in the 1950s, they would have had PR people and agents ensuring that they were trustworthy – uh, and 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 not and, and that these stories never got out. Of of, of course, this happened, but um, but you know it, it destroys the brand. It destroys the BBC brand. I mean, if that story had came had come out, imagine. Let's just truncate time, and imagine on the day that the Queen died. You had Hugh Edwards announcing the death of the Queen, and five minutes later, you had him in his underwear, um, and and, and the story being. 
put those two stories together, it doesn't work. Or when, when, when you do that, and you do the same thing with Philip Schofield, it doesn't work. And the same thing, thing with Wooten. Hmm. It, it, it doesn't work because you can't take your mind off the, the allegations. Whether those allegations are true or not true, whether those allegations are criminal or not criminal, really it doesn't matter. The point is the image is soiled. And Dan Wooten is always going to be soiled in my mind because of the allegations, not because of the truth. And the same thing with Philip Schofield, whether he goes on talk TV or not. Uh, and the I, same yeah. thing with Hugh, Hugh Edwards. Hugh Edwards can't come back. He can't come back and be and be taken seriously now, can he? No, I, I, I don't think so. I probably end up back a lot. You know, usually after the scandal, you end up back on talk TV or GB News or in the States, it might be Fox News or whatever it might be. Or, uh, or, or some or of the more Strictly Come Dancing or, or, yes, or I'm or, a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. I mean, I, I, I tried watching I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here and I was terribly confused because I couldn't identify any celebrities except for no. Matt Hancock. No, uh, and no. I didn't think he was a celebrity. He was my MP. I sat next to him on the train the other day, Matt Hancock. Oh, but, did did, yeah. did did he complain? No, but it was just a funny. I, I, it's you, those... you have to be very careful. You can you can find yourself being taken to court for that. <laughs> it's just a, Matt Hancock. For any, again, for non-Brits, is just a British politician who's been embroiled in many scandals himself. And just I, it just happened to walk in. It was one of those weird moments where you're on the train and somebody famous comes in and sits next to you, and then everyone else in the train goes quiet and all sort of look at each other because you you don't have you don't have anyone else to talk to. And go, God, that's Matt, Matt Hancock. So everyone just sort of sat did there. You, like, did you speak to him? No, no, no. I, just, oh, I think Andrew. leave these people in peace. I don't. Andrew, I don't. You should, have, you, you, you should have said nice day. <laughs> just make, just make him, make him feel he's a human being after all. Isn't that what he told us? But he had, no, but you know what? He had his he had his kid on the with him as well on the other side. I thought I'm I'm not. I don't, he doesn't need. He gets enough. How many people must annoy him? So I thought leave leave it as it is. Look, you could have just leant across the table and said, "I like you." <laughs> well, maybe have, I don't. It would have made <laughs> you could have lied. Uh, well, yeah. we, we 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 go back to deceit. Deceit has a place in life. You know how many how how many times how many times does your mother say, "Does this dress make me look big?" Well, she's never no. asked me. <laughs> My mum's never <laughs> asked me that. But, but but anyway, going back to your point though about whether it was legal or not, what they got up to, I think that's a really interesting point about the people who we look up to as figures on TV and stuff. A lot of people did start saying, "Well, if it's if it's legal, if it's not legal." But we know that as a society, we make decisions about firing people based on things that have nothing to do with the law. Absolutely. For example, off the top of my head, uh, Danny Baker lost his job at the BBC. That's a BBC journalist. He was the one who put up a picture of a monkey when uh, Meghan gave birth. I don't think he knew yep. that Meghan was mixed race and he just always put up silly monkey pictures that's what he said he'd never said a racist thing before as far as i know other people have different opinions i respect that but it wasn't against the law he wasn't inciting violence or whatever it might be no, but no, fired no, no. instantly so we do make those decisions and the, the hard thing is like who's making those decisions it's sort of it's a public it, opinion it, it's about reputation and uh, and, and and you know the to just take this back to reality tv it's about how you are perceived not what you do and as in reality TV, you're not responsible for your edit. In 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 in, in these sofa, in, in this sort of cheap sofa television, or in the news, again another cheap way of making television. Uh, it's it, it, it's it's about um, how the audience perceive you, and you don't even know who they are. And 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 then there's the manipulation that goes on. You know, yes, you have to be paid a huge amount of money to to, to commit yourself to being that product, to being the face of the BBC, to being the face of ITV or the face of uh, GB News. Um, you, you know, my, my heart goes out to these people. 
Even even to Dan Wooten, really. I mean, it, it, it really it really does. Um, so my, do you, my heart and the Xlax. Yeah, but, as well. So you do feel sympathy for these people. Um, to, to, to what extent do you think you do need to be though to get that high up as Dan Wooten did, as all of these people did? Do you have to be a bit of a psychopath? Oh, you're back to the narcissist. Well, I, 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 I've asked my friends, particularly my psychiatry-speaking friends, what is a narcissist? You know, you always think, oh, my God, am I a narcissist? And they, and they say to me, well, I actually, you, you know, most of the time, most of the time I sit in complete silence in the utility room. And, and, and so I don't think I conform to the narcissist image. I, once you put a camera on me, I would gabble away until the camera stops because I think that's my job. But, um, I mean, you don't see yourself as a narcissist, do you? I wonder if any narcissist sees themselves as a narcissist. Well, that's the, that's the other question. Is there a mirror have. in your utility room? No. Mm. Yes. Oh, yes, there is. Yes, there is. Yes. Yes, there is, because I, I use it for animating. So, so you look at your face expressions mm. and then you draw them. And you see, I'm starting to but, get a different picture of most, you now. But most of, m- m- most of my mirror is covered up with notes. And, um, and it, it, it's the cat who looks in the bits of the mirror he can, not yeah. me. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What do they say when you ask these friends about what narcissism is? They, they, they go on about, um, uh, 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 about power. Huh. And, uh, and, and so I think I, I just assume I don't have it and I'm, I'm, I'm not it. And, yeah. you know, are you, are, are you, do you walk into a room and you are the centre of attention? When I, I was when I was younger, I think that, that's the other problem yeah. with I think the but labels. You're terribly we... tall, Andrew. Yes, you yes. walk into a room and you can't look at any. You know that you, you know that Exorcist film you did. Yes, and you walked into the you walked into the room at the end. You were sort of it was like it was like it's like seeing Treebeard walking around. It was extraordinary. That's, that's partly because of my height and partly because they're they're all very little people out in the suburbs of Buenos Aires. There's all these little <laughs> fellas. I'm six foot three or six four, which is not ridiculous. You know, it's sort of tall. It's, no, but, but you I look do on seem- that. On that yeah. film, I was skinnier back then, and I was—they were—they're very short in that in that you film. You seem gigantic. Yeah. Well, as a <laughs> let me ask you, as a, so you're a, you're a theologian, right? You're an academic yeah. theologian professor, yeah. though, that, right? Yeah. Whenever I hear that, I presume does that mean you are a believer? Uh, you are, you are still part of the faith? Oh God! I, well, I believe in so many things. I, uh, you know, I believe in like Alice in Wonderland. I believe in many. No, I I think I'm very. I've 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 moved between so many different religions and versions of that religion. And I think I'm very sympathetic to people of any faith and of none. I, 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 I think atheism is a very appealing discipline. I can't do it myself, but, um, but it doesn't mean I don't respect it. I, I, I have great respect for people with certainty. I wish I had more certainty in my life. I don't. Um, That's interesting. When, I feel like yeah. atheism is uncertainty. Well, then, that, that, that's agnosticism, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, I feel like oh, agnosticism just sounds like a sneeze to me. I think yeah, it's <laughs> unnecessary. <laughs> it is a sneeze, isn't it, really? Yeah. I mean, agnostic. Um, <laughs> I think agnosticism is a word invented by people who don't fully understand at least my take on atheism or, or who don't adhere to my, my take on atheism. Well, I, I, don't, I don't think I would like to be defined as an, by, by a negative 
anyway. So I, so I don't think I like being thought yeah. of as an agnostic or an atheist because it, it, it all suggests I'm... It, it's like Brexit. Brexit is something which was defined by a negative. If, if people had said, this is what we want to do, then I think... I, well, I, they said, I we want, be, I we want to leave the eu leave it leaving is a negative we want to where do you want to go where do you want to go <laughs> i once um this is a true <laughs> actual thing that happened i when i moved to germany for the first few weeks my, my wife and i had to stay with some woman who turned out to be nuts totally bonkers yes that happened and scary we had to leave the house in like the middle of the night one time because we thought she might kill us in the night but she when I mentioned Brexit, she'd never heard of it. And I, it, was, it was some way into the whole Brexit thing. So it, was, it wasn't usual to not have heard of Brexit. And we said that, well, Britain wants to leave the, the, the EU. Britain's leaving Europe. And she burst into this hysterical laughter, which maniacal almost. And we were sort of wondering what's going on. She thought it was literally moving the British Isles... <laughs> away from the continents of Europe and she couldn't stop laughing and I had to explain oh, no it's a political it. body don't worry we, okay we've got to leave let's get out of here so it was like so it was like it was like that floating island in the in the 1967 film of Dr. Doolittle yeah I don't remember that, that one. Oh, it's wonderful it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's eventually reunited with the mainland rather like John Donne a clod of earth Britain will be reunited with Europe eventually I'm sure nah. it, it's inevitable there the two go. tree stumps tree stumps will come together and um, it will be it will be dramatic. It will be dramatic. We'll be leading. We'll be leading the way. But I, I, I have I have no real problem with Brexit as a concept. It's just it's just the the, the aftermath. I, I have problems with Mrs May. Um, I think uh, I, I, I think I, I, ha I have problems with indecision and with vacillation and 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 with negatives. I think if one's going to do something, one does it, even if one's going to regret it. One says something. And then one regrets it, and one spends the night worrying. What do you What um, do you think about the philosophical concept then that that the, the ideal leader or president or prime minister would be somebody who doesn't want to be prime minister or or president? That, 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 that's terribly religious. That's like the Pope, isn't it? So if you want to be a Pope, then you're not Pope going to make it. it. <laughs> the Pope loves it absolutely. Well, he's he's from Argentina, but. Um, uh, <laughs> And, and 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 if 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 your viewers don't know, you had a really a really hairy time actually. Yes, um, with the with the, the exorcism exorcist. thing. I I I watched the the, the follow up program, which you can find on YouTube, and it's very very interesting. Mm. What was the follow up program? Oh, you, it, you were talking about it, and you were talking about how 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 you had no support really from from the from the, from the filmmaking community. It was just you out there, and these people went for you. Yeah, because like, you were asking, uh, because you were just asking questions, which is what you have to do. And this is this again is why I think it's so sort of bizarre with uh, Suella Bravman and Sunak saying, "Oh, lefty lawyers." That's what a lawyer does. A lawyer asks questions. It doesn't matter whether they're a lefty lawyer, a right lawyer, or whether they're an ostrich with the head in the sand. They ask questions and they tease the law and they they question the law and see if there's any holes in it. If, if there's holes in the law. That, that you as Home Secretary have made, not you, Andrew, if you as Home Secretary have made a mess of the law, it's your mess! It's not the lefty lawyer's mess! 
I will say, just, just relating to when you said not you, Andrew, I, I just want to make a comment to people on YouTube who keep saying Andrew is disgusting and things like that. They're talking about Prince Andrew and they don't put Prince before. And then other people step in and go, hang on, don't talk about Andrew that way. So just, just yeah. people put Prince Andrew when you're talking about Prince Andrew. Um, that exorcist we should, film we should all, mine, we should all We should always leave clear Prince, shouldn't we, wherever we go. Clear um. Prince Andrew. Yeah, what about <laughs> Prince Andrew? I think so, because that's just my name, isn't it? And then people... It is just uh, your my, name. Yeah, but it sounds very, like one of very, the... Very good name. It sounds like the one of the, the the name of the prince who is accused of doing some quite heinous acts. Unfortunately, yes. That, well, that, that that that's that's another area. But we don't know. Yes, we don't really know another area over which we draw a sort of veil. But you know, do we want this person in our public life? No. Yeah, not well, really. I guess what you said is impression management, and, that, and, and that's what's happening. You know, so many, because of modern media, we can bring these people into our lives, and they and they impose themselves. In, in, in the past, we could have had the most extraordinary people governing our country. Now we can't because we, we feel we know them. Yeah. And, yeah. We, and we, don't want to, we don't want to know a rascal or somebody who carries around so much baggage. Yeah, let them go on Strictly Come Dancing. Let them be in the circus. Let them be a figure of fun, but, but not a figure of authority. Because they undermine the whole, they, they under, they undermine the whole structure of our society. Yeah, this is... This is- why um, a lot of people have an issue, I think, with Meghan and Harry compared to the Queen. Because the Queen, I think people accepted that there was this woman and her family who just had mad loads of money and mad loads of privilege and whatever. But you couldn't really compete with that anyway. So you didn't really care. They're just there. You don't know about her life or anything. When someone from that family starts going, yeah, but you know what? I'm also going to take a bit of this pie and a bit of that. I'm going to now be a documentary maker and a podcaster, not a very good one, by all accounts, a really not hard work one uh, and then and then start claiming victimhood it sort of comes down to our level because we can all compete for victimhood we can't compete with the queen we just go wow that was amazing she was she didn't really show her personality and we didn't know who she was but they've showed too much of themselves haven't they they i absolutely absolutely you know you can't get away with that unless you're an actor if you're an actor you can say it's the part but these people are exposing themselves and it's not it's not attractive and i mean what on from the Prince Harry, we are getting so far off reality TV. There is I going to talk about Rebecca Ferguson and Katie Weissel, and here we are talking about not not that not that they're an item. Here we are talking about Prince Harry mm. and Meghan Markle. I'm only too happy to, by the way. But I think I think Harry, the more this saga inches forward, is embracing a new identity, and that's a that's one of vulnerability. It's not one I expected, and we and and, and we in this country love the vulnerable we love the, the 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 person who's taking all the hits and i'm afraid prince harry is becoming that person he's becoming the person that we sort of are oh, our oh, poor thing mm. or the other way around because it depends how much you feel sorry for him because i got wound up reading his book spare firstly the fact that i had to read it in the first place i found annoying because you, you could know, have had my copy, you could <laughs> have my copy. <laughs> it's not the money that I, would, I had to spend on it it was how just long the... how, how long did it take you come on let's have a Let's I'm a, a very slow. Of... I'm a remarkably slow reader for someone who has to read no, a lot of books. No, you podcast. didn't have to indulge indulge in this for a week, did you? I think it was at least a week, and then I gave up, and my wife had to make notes for me towards the end. No. So, oh, the yeah. end is the best bit. But I, I, <laughs> I'm, I, I, I think I managed sort of half a day, and I sped, I sped through it. So I probably didn't savor all the delights, but. Um, 
Well, then you'll know. Like there are these bits in there that I found, and like I say, I think you can't compete for the money in things. I think there's a thing that Scientology does, uh, for example, about competition. Like um, they they've got Tom Cruise as they've got a list of their biggest donors, and Tom Cruise yeah. is always number two or three. He's never number one, and they've got in there as giving like a couple of million dollars. But we all know he's given tens or maybe hundreds of millions of dollars to Scientology. But they keep it there because they want the rest of the Scientologists to see it as something they can aspire to to be not above feel Tom cowed. Cruise. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Otherwise, it's like, well, I'm never going to catch him anyway. I might as well not donate. But it, similarly, but differently, when we're trying to compete, we don't, you know, you look at someone who's just out of your league. So as I said, the Queen or Prince Harry in yeah. terms of uh, yeah. wealth and things like that, you can't compete for status. But if he starts competing for virtue and, and victimhood, we can all compete with that. And there were all these bits in the book. Do you remember when he was sat in Eton? He's just smoked something and he's looking out oh, and yes. he's going, look how difficult my life is. And I wish I was, I, all those people out there don't know how lucky they are. And I thought, well, outside of Eton, that stains and uh, these places are not they're sort of impoverished areas. So well-named. Yes, absolutely. Stains. I, I, I know it well. Mm. I know it well. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that was a point where he wasn't exactly high. He was low, wasn't he, really? Smoking and low. Uh, poor boy. Poor boy. Mm. But I, I, at that point, he had me, he had me there. I was, I was thinking, poor boy. He manipulated you. Oh, I, I was happy to be manipulated by Harry. I think we're going down the, down the wrong route there. Uh, <laughs> oh, you think he's a handsome man? I, I no, I think I. Well, yeah, I do. I, yeah, I do. I think he's a. I, I, I think, but I think he's a winsome boy. I think he's. I think he's winsome. Oh, well, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, you know, he winds me up because I don't think he is aware enough at like what uh, about what people have to do to put food on the table. You know, I don't think he's shown any of course awareness. It, uh, when, when did he ever have um, have training in that? This is something well, we learn. None of us do. It's not something we we we, innate, we innately know. We're taught it, aren't we? Babies don't know this. Babies don't. You know, you know, you learn it by about the age of three or four that your food comes from your parents or from your provider, or from the queen. Um, yeah, it, it winds I, me up though that I, you know that that it's just you know it's the it's the the amount of money thrown at them is the amount of, and then the victimhood. I think it's difficult. It's, and I know what you're saying, he hasn't learned it, but well then, you know, do we do we criticise or do we just go, well, he didn't learn it, let him get away with it? Well, I don't think he should get away with it. I think I, I think he's having a really tough time. Um, but, uh, and I think he's made some big mistakes that are almost impossible to pull out from. Mm. You mentioned... Um, and- Katie Wazel before, didn't you? Is that how you mentioned? Is that how you may, is that how you pronounce her name? Yeah, I and I, I only know that because I went to school with her brother. And, Did you? Yeah, James. Um, ah. And he, he seemed, I didn't know him very well. Seems like a nice guy. And uh, his sister, I remember, she used to like pick him up from school and all, you know, and yeah. we sort of vaguely greet each other. Um, and then suddenly she was on, for though again, people outside of Britain, she was a singer on The X Factor, was it? Or one of those programs. Yes, and, and, she, and, and sort of, Badly treated, really. Yeah, she's become known for speaking out against it. But to what extent, though, and and maybe this is a controversial question, is it people going, look, I need my minute in the spotlight, and then when it's gone, it's quite de- it's deflating. What else can it well, be? Well, it, it is deflating, but, but, but you know, I, I, I won't let you get away with that, Andrew, um, because, I, because I, think that, I think that's going down the, d- d- down the media uh, interpretation of reality TV, which is that you can't deal with fame or the loss of fame. I think there's much more to do with manipulation. And I think she was deeply manipulated by the system. Get her out of the way. Don't let, don't, don't let her talk about the dreadful things that have happened to her. 
And, and, and yet she's continued doing her work. She's continued doing her music. She's extraordinarily resilient. And it's the resilience we should celebrate. Rebecca Ferguson, somebody, again, who was sort of squashed by the system. Uh, and, 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 and again, the, these... It, it's very difficult to to talk about reality TV because almost everybody who talks about reality TV is somebody who didn't win, who didn't succeed. I mean, it, you can go right, 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 right back to the first people. I mean, um, Steve Brookstein. Steve Brookstein and I, I think the only two people who have won and complained. <laughs> I was going to say him. I remember he complained yeah, after winning. Yeah, there you are, you see. But mo- 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 most people connected with reality TV are f- sort of failures in the system. And, th- and it's not their fault. It's their edit. It's the way they were controlled. You know, Mike Thalassitis, Sophie Graydon was another, I think. You-, you can go all the way back. Do you know the first victim of reality TV was a Bosnian refugee in a program on... Uh, in, 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 Sweden in Sweden, because be, 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 because the, per- the producer couldn't get America to take on uh, Survivor, Survivor, and 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 so it was done as uh, Expedition Robinson. Yes, and 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 so the first the first victim was the first person they threw off, and they threw him off apparently because he was just silent, and and he thought you know I I, I am representing all refugees, all migrants, and uh, Sinisa. Sinisa. That's right, something like Savija. that. Savija. Sinisa Savija. I think I've got that right. Um, and he killed himself. Uh, so he killed himself in the period after the show had finished filming and before it was aired. And he was just thinking, he was apparently, I, I think according to his wife, he was saying, How am I going to be edited? How is my edit going to be? Because you're not in control of that. I was incredibly fortunate on the circle because I had the most wonderful edit. And more than that, while I was there, because it was being edited pretty well. At the same time that it was going out, um, as we were doing it, um, it was very, very quick. While I was there, I, I could feel what the edit would be. I could feel, oh my goodness, I'm having this conversation with this person, and I know this is good television, and I know they're now going to intercut between me and her, and they're going to be sort of looking at, oh, she's she, she's now going through her notepad trying to find out what a soffit is. Just and and to be involved just literally in that one small sequence was a blessing. I mean, that was just what I I, I I'm so grateful to Tim Harkett and the people for inventing the show simply to give me that opportunity to be part of that. That that I'm really grateful for, and uh, and and I enjoyed doing it, and I happily do more of that. Mm. But, but is there any the, way for the control yeah, afterwards for mm. them to be successful without that control? Yes, I think there is because. Uh, I, I, I think it's just very difficult for somebody to go on a show or for, for somebody to make a show, for a producer to make a show and then give up some of that control. So, first of all, the casting director is central. So if you're casting people, you cast people who are going to cause drama. So a reality TV show, particularly the type I was on, uh, is, is, is really an alternative to EastEnders without the script writers. So it's an ideal thing to make at the moment while there's a script writer's strike. You just do a reality TV show that I think secretly there is a script and you're just waiting to see when you conform to it. Oh, I'm not waiting to see. The producers are waiting to see. When does he say that? Because they've already got... Uh, I was cast as a type, I think. I was cast as the old fart who's going to get thrown out very quickly. But somehow I defied expectation and somehow they happily rewrote their script to accommodate 
this strange person they'd got in front of them. And I survived to the end. And I, I know there were times I've talked to people who know more than I do about about the show. And they say, oh, there were times when they're clearly trying to get rid of you. And I thought, okay, maybe, maybe, that, maybe that's true. But I did actually survive. You persevered. I persevered. And then after the show, I made friends with some of the people who'd been on the show with me. But the audience assume those are my friends. They're not. I made friends with them after the show was finished. Yeah. And that's, that's where the friendship comes from. The, 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 the real friendship was with the runners and the producers and people who were coming in and out of my, my, my apartment. And I never saw them again. And that was uh, that was a great shock, um, and uh, and then the you know the voice of God and um, who's with you night and day, and and it, it, it's it's lovely to have God there and know that He's going to speak back because normally that doesn't happen. And I was a monk, I can tell you, I I, I spent long enough trying to uh, sort of hoping that, that that He might, and indeed I had little fantasies that He had, but I He didn't, He didn't, He was mute. The, the prayer is a one way activity. I think that's a great that's a great line to end end on. But I, I got to ask you. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it is, but it is a good line. I like that. But tell me, what? Uh, where do you want people to go after this? Where can they go and watch your watch your stuff? Oh, they should they should come to my YouTube channel, uh, Professor Tim Wilson. I think it's called. Um, and uh, and and I, I I do almost anything. In fact, I think perhaps I'm not as disciplined as I should be. I'm also on Instagram, and I've just just recently flirted with TikTok. I don't think I understand it yet, and 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 I'm thinking about um, I'm thinking about what is it um, merchandise? Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that. Thank you, Professor Tim Wilson, for coming on the show. What a pleasure it has been. I really enjoyed it, and I hope you guys did too, and that you can follow him on YouTube on Professor Tim Wilson. Come along to andrewgold.locals.com as well to find my extra material and bonus stuff. It's free to watch most things on there, um, and extra live streams I do there most days, and bits and pieces I write. Uh, and then some bits are behind the paywall. You'll see what it's like, you know. Just go check it out. And lots of big episodes coming up, as I always tell you guys. So I will see you then. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.